Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Farming Your Career Podcast with host Dr. Aaron L. Albert, where we explore a variety of healthcare and pharmacy related topics, including career development, healthcare IT, informatics, innovation, entrepreneurship, STEM, women's issues, and more. Farming Your Career Podcast is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and Aaron has had the number one most downloaded episodes of 2016 and 2017 of the entire Pharmacy Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron L. Albert. Welcome to Farming Your Career. I'm Aaron Albert. This week, we're continuing our wildly popular series, How I Rx Roll not focus so much on what it is that you're doing as a pharmacist or a healthcare professional, but how you're doing your work. This week, we actually have a recent graduate to the fold. His name is Dr. Jeffrey Brown, and Jeff is a recent graduate from the University of Buffalo School of Pharmacy. He's also a study coordinator at GPI Clinical Research and a quality manager and patient liaison at Antidote Technologies. Jeff is interested in drug development, behavioral health, and health IT. Give a listen to our third episode in the mini-series, How I Rx Roll with Dr. Jeff Brown. Okay, well, we're here today with Dr. Jeffrey Brown. Jeff, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we are continuing our series on how IRX roll. Uh, we're talking more about how we work as non-traditional pharmacists now versus why or what we're doing professionally. But I always like to start with the first question. How did you get to where you are today in your own career, Jeff? Yeah, so I think it makes sense to sort of start off what my first um, pharmacy job was. My first pharmacy job was at McKesson Corporation, so I worked for a distribution center, and that was actually before I started pharmacy school. So I did I packed prescriptions for Wegmans Pharmacies, and I did that for about uh, a year and a half. And then when I entered pharmacy school, um, I quit that just to focus on academics uh, full-time. And then I got a job at a hospital. So I worked at a hospital in Buff General, um, primarily in the IV room. And I stayed there for two years. Um, I, I thought I was interested in hospital pharmacy. I thought I was going to go the, the residency route. And then when I was still working at the hospital, um, you know, I started doing patient counseling and um, sort of more clinical uh, pharmacy type things. And I ended up reaching out to you. Uh, so it's funny that uh, we're doing this podcast because you connected me with a company that was doing uh, health or clinical trial recruitment and it was sort of in the health IT realm. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to somebody that you connected me with there. They ended up getting me a part time job and I ended up really liking it. And I knew I was sort of interested in clinical research and clinical pharmacy. I always thought, like I mentioned before, I would do residency and then go on to sort of do clinical research after, you know, getting some experience as a clinician. But uh, I was really thankful for this opportunity to work with um, this company. The company's name was Antidote. And it sort of exposed me to like the startup uh, realm and sort of all the opportunities that there are in health IT and drug development. 
And I had another really lucky thing happen. Uh, my friend's dad ended up being my mentor. And he was a pharmacist that partnered with a psychiatrist. And they run uh, clinical trials out of their doctor's office. So I had two really lucky things happen. I had you connect me with that startup company. And then I had a personal connection with somebody that was already involved in drug development. And I still work for both companies now. Um, I did like a 12-week rotation at um, that research site that I mentioned where my mentor works. Okay. And after that, I sort of really found that that's what I wanted to be doing. And it was really awesome. You get the perfect mix of um, patient contact. Um, you become like an expert on whatever drug you're studying that's in the, in the pipeline. And, you know, the clinical trial... It involves such uh, close follow-up with the patients. Um, we're doing trials for patients with schizophrenia, and it's just amazing what an impact you can have in such a short amount of time because the follow-up is so close and you're following the patient so closely. So you can really get um, patients, their lives turned around and really get them on the right track in a short amount of time. So I found that very rewarding. And the other thing I thought was really cool was it was a lot more hands-on. So you don't do a lot of hands-on um, patient assessments and things of that nature. Um, as like a ordinary pharmacist, I know we learned about patient assessment in pharmacy school, but I never actually like did blood pressure or did, um, you know, listen to patients' lungs and or things like that until I started working at this research site. So it's been really cool. Um, you get a lot of FaceTime with the patient. Uh, I'm just training now. I'm like administering rating scales. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm training on this thing called the Columbia Suicide Severity Rating Scale. Um, so it's an assessment of suicidality and it breaks it down into suicidal ideation, um, self-harming behavior and suicidal thoughts and um, actions. And it's it's really cool because not a lot of pharmacists are trained to like administer these rating scales. And it's something I can add to my CV. And eventually I want to be able to do drug studies like what my mentor did is partner with a physician and sort of run drug studies on my own as like either a PI or a sub I. Okay. So it's been really awesome. And um, I think the combination of working as a study coordinator at the site and then having the experience in recruitment with Antidote sort of really set me up with like a re unique perspective on things. So it's been cool to see both sides of both recruitment and then actually conducting the trials. Cool. So take us through what kind of setting you're in for most of the week. Is that a physician's office then? Yep. So uh, we're in a psychiatrist private practice, um, small office, but there's like an extra office space for the pharmacist and his office. And then there's like a small desk that I work at. Um, and then like we have a very small conference table where like we'll see patients. Okay. And um, there's like an exam table where we do like EKGs and we have a scale. We also have like a centrifuge and if we got to have a freezer. So these are all these different things you need um, that are in the office for conducting the trial. And when you're side hustling with antidote, for lack of a better term, what does that office environment look like for you? Oh, so when I'm side hustling with antidote, uh, which is awesome because it's super flexible and they kind of let you, uh, you know, schedule your hours. So I work two different roles with antidote. Um, one is uh, sort of like a coding 
uh, job. So it's given me some background in programming, which I think is really cool and crucial to have nowadays. So it's all work from home. So it's amazing. So my office, uh, work from home office is literally just my desk. Um, I can just sit in my, you know, pajamas or sweatpants or however I deem appropriate and just work and make money for antidote. So I, I like having that flexibility with, with a side gig like that. So you kind of have two different office environments that you roll between, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about mechanicals. Um, are you a iPhone or Android person? So I'm actually an Android person. Oh, okay. And what are your favorite apps right now? Um, Headspace is definitely one of my favorite ones. Tell me uh, about that. What is it? So Headspace is a meditation app, and it has all these uh, guided meditations that just help you relax. And um, I started meditating like about two years ago, and I find it amazing. Like it just helps so much with my focus and my stress and anxiety level. And I, I can notice when I meditate for like two to three days in a row, my producti productivity level just increase skyrockets because you're able to just focus in on a task and just pay so much attention to it um, without worrying about any anything else. Okay. Any other apps? Uh, let's see. I don't have my phone. Um, my phone's in my pocket. Let's see. I have the LexiComp drug app, okay. um, the natural medicines app. I get a lot of questions from friends and family about like uh, pharmacy related things and uh, supplements. Yep. So I use those to sort of look things up. Um, definitely Shazam. I oh. love the Shazam app. That's on my homepage. We were just talking about that this week at mid-year. Yeah, Shazam. What would I do without Shazam? <laughs> and then uh, obviously Calendar because I feel like I'm really busy i'm always accessing calendar okay and what type of computer are you so this is weird i'm a i'm a mac computer guy but i'm not an iphone guy so i, I use a mac huh interesting did you ever have an iphone i did but uh i, I was converted interesting all right so let's boil down your work style into one word what would that one word be uh, so I don't know if this is a, I was thinking about this, uh, before I think sporadic. So, um, I think I work in pockets. Like I'll just get, um, super focused, like I was mentioned and just knock out like a huge task. And then I like, won't be working as hard for like a little, little while. And then, yeah, so it comes in spurts. So it's a burst and taper kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like. Okay. All right, cool. So like, can you walk us through a typical work day? for you, Jeff? Yeah, so um, the cool thing about uh, being a study coordinator and um, my job is that, uh, you know, some days are, are super hard and there's a ton of things to do um, based on uh, what visit it is and how far along in the trial the patient is. And then some days are really quick. Um, so sometimes the patients just come in to get new medication and, you know, uh, you know, sign a stipend that we paid them and then go home. So a typical day might look like I get to the office at like 8.30 and then I'll pull all the documents that we need and all the assessments and source documentation okay. that we need for the day's visit based on what patient's coming in that day and based on what visit they are on in the protocol. Um, so basically every different... Uh, 
every depending on what visit the patient's on will it'll require different assessments to be done okay um that day so i'll start off by pulling all the assessments and everything that needs to be done uh, i usually get there around 8 30 and the patients don't start coming in until nine or later and um you know then when the patient gets there um, you know, I ask them how, how their day's been and sort of see if anything's changed since the last time we saw them. And then I just get rolling with the with the visit. So we do blood pressure, um, uh, heart rate, respiratory rate at every visit. And this trial we're currently doing has been all about uh, weight gain. Okay. So then I usually weigh the patients and take their waist circumference. And then depending on what visit, some visits require a blood draw. So that's one of the cool things about this job. I've actually learned how to draw blood. Wow. So I think not, not many pharmacists uh, can do that. Awesome. Which I thought is a cool skill to have in your back pocket. Um, other visits will require an EKG. So I've learned how to do uh, set up an EKG and put the stickers on the patient and, you know, run the report. And then, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm sort of learning how to do these rating scales that are required. Um, the CSSRS is one. Um, there's some quality of life metrics we use and um, just some other rating scales. Sometimes the psychiatrist has to be the one to uh, administer certain rating scales. Okay. So then we'll sort of like pass the patient off to um, the doctor we work with and They'll spend some time with the patient interviewing them. Okay. And then uh, I'll usually dispense the investigational product to the patient. And there's sort of all these steps involved in, you know, keeping an inventory of investigational product. Um, the patient has to return the investigational product we dispensed last time, even though it's like an empty packet. Okay. We have to keep track of that. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these sort of like uh, pharmacy activities that you do in the background of a clinical trial which I think is interesting and where you, my pharmacy background kind of comes in handy. And, um, you know, once the patient is, is paid and we give them their meds, um, we usually either take them home, give them a ride home, or they have like a family member or friend come pick them up. And then that's usually my day after we collect all the information and make sure everything's, you know, verified we did everything correctly, then I'll usually enter it into the electronic data capture system and um, depending on what day it is, I'll have other random tasks that I need to do. So sometimes we get new investigational product in the mail, okay. and I'll have to accept that. Um, it's it's really highly regulated, so there'll be like a temperature sensor inside the box that I need to like plug into my computer and print a report, and you know keep all these documents, clinical trials. And if there's one thing I've learned from this. It involves so much, so many regulatory documents and just paperwork. So a lot of my job is dealing with paperwork, but it's worth it because I also get to deal with the patients a lot, which I really like. So let's talk about the second shift, and I'm using air quotes when I say that. So what does your antidote work look like? Is it part-time during the week, and do you have a regular schedule for that work? So I don't have a re regular schedule um, for the antidote job. Yeah. Um, I actually work two different roles at antidote. One of the, uh, the positions is like quality work, which I can just log on and do whenever I want. So that's okay. really nice because I don't have to schedule it at all. I can literally just do it in my extra time. And I try to do like two hours um, every other day, I'd say, is what I try to get in Um for that job. Okay. But then there's this other job called uh, patient liaison. 
And that's where I'm actually calling patients that have uh, filled out our questionnaires for interest in clinical research. And then I call them and pre-screen them. And uh, that work I actually have to schedule. So I pretty much schedule that work based on our patient load um, at the research site. Okay. Um, And I schedule like a week in advance. Okay. So... It's nice that I have like all these different roles because it keeps things interesting. You're not doing the same thing all the time. Right. Variety is the spice of life. Yes, it is. All right. We already talked about apps on your phone. Are there any other gadgets and or platforms, websites that you cannot live without? I mean, I don't know if I can't live without it, but I know some uh, helpful apps. I use like uh, this one called Momentum on Chrome. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's called momentum. It gives you like the time of day, all these nice backgrounds on your Chrome page. And it'll say, good morning, Jeff. It gives you like an inspirational quote, and then it lets you type in what your main focus is for the day. And then you can also have a to-do list on the side. So since I'm working on my computer all the time, it's helpful to have this stuff like right here on my computer and just sort of keep me focused. Is that a plugin for Chrome? Yes, it is. Okay. And then I had this other one called Stay Focused, and it like locks me out of social media after 20 <laughs> minutes a day, but I don't really have that problem anymore. That was more when I was uh, in college on Facebook during class and stuff. Gotcha. Oh, we never did that. Never, <laughs> All right. So what's your best life or work shortcut or hack if you have one? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, life hack. Oh, okay. So... I think my best life hack is um, asking people for favors. Um, So a lot of the times I think people are afraid to ask for help or ask for um, like opportunities with things. Um, A perfect example is, you know, me asking for for your help um, in pharmacy school. I ended up getting connected with this like amazing job. So I think um, just asking people (laughs) or having like the courage to ask people for things. I think that's my my greatest life hack. Okay. Can you take us through an unusual or eccentric work process that you use regularly? Yeah. So um, one of the things I do at uh, the research site at GPI is, um, you know, I'll be interviewing the patients and I'll have to get their receive their old IP packet that they that they return. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, you can see where they've taken pills and where they haven't. And sometimes things just don't add up. And, you know, it's like either a compliance issue or maybe they got confused and popped um, IP out of the wrong punch hole okay. or took things out of order. So I think that's sort of an unusual thing to have to do because you got to kind of figure out like what happened here. And then you have to sort of probe and, you know, figure out what happened. Sometimes the patients say that, you know, they popped it out over the sink and it fell down, uh, you know, the drain um, we've had one of our patients pop all the pills out and use his uh, empty IP packet as like a pasta strainer. Oh, so, interesting. <laughs> so like, there's a lot of interesting uh, things I deal with, uh, when patients are returning, uh, their IP packets, whether it's like figuring out, um, you know, how they took their pills and how I'm supposed to report that. Or if it's just like, what is on this thing? <laughs> like there'd be dirty. And I'm like, I don't so Possibly. sort of investigating those <laughs> occurrences. Yeah, you really have to get into the weeds about adherence and compliance in those settings. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 
Yeah, we have to have like 100% accuracy in reporting too. So that's right. really important. So you mentioned calendaring a little bit before. What type of calendaring system do you use and how do you keep track of what you need to get done during the day? So I use um, just the calendar app on my phone. Okay. Um, I also use Google calendars. That's how like I schedule uh, my work through uh, my job. Okay. Um, how do I schedule or how do I keep track of my work during my day? I just like make to-do lists and, you know, prioritize on what's like the most urgent thing. I mentioned that momentum app. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I do it. I just write my to-do highest priority, um, goes on the main page and then everything else I want to get done just goes on the side. So you have one major goal that you tried to set for yourself every day. Yeah. And then I try to like just order things by priority, um, you know, most urgent to least urgent. Okay. So let's talk about burnout a little bit. Big topic this year at a lot of pharmacy meetings. How do you know when you're burned out and then how do you recharge? Uh, so how do I know when I'm burned out? I'll just start getting angry about things that shouldn't get me angry. Like I'll be hungry and I'll be angry that I'm hungry or that I have to like obtain food or that I have to cook. And I think that's when I like start checking myself and being like, this shouldn't be making you angry. This is a very simple task at hand here. So I think when I start getting frustrated easily, that's when I know like, okay, you're getting, you're tired, you're overtired or you, you know, overworked or something. And then, um, you know, recharging, uh, I think everything from like eating healthy, getting like eight hours of sleep. Um, every day if you can. And then I mentioned like the meditation. So not only does that help, uh, you know, with focus a lot, I think that also helps with like your ability to sort of take the punches that life brings and, you know, not be burned out uh, by them or not. You don't get burned out as easy. You kind of just roll with the punches a bit easier. Okay. Do you have any favorite side or passion projects that you're working on right now? Oh, yeah. So actually, I'll take two. So my cousin got me interested in uh, bonsai trees. Okay. And he has like over 40 trees. And I just found out that like Rochester is like a huge hotbed for the art of bonsai because they have this uh, guy here that is the only living member of the bonsai hall of fame. So I just started getting interested in this. And I just bought I think I have like four or five trees, but I'm, I'm learning the art and it is quite cool. And I like plants to begin with. So it's, it's like a cool hobby. And then the other thing that I'm starting to learn about is, um, my girlfriend's dad is a beekeeper. Okay. And so I learned how to like go extract honey frames with him this summer and extract honey and then bottle it. And now like we're selling it to, uh, health food stores. So beekeeping is really cool as well beekeeping and bonsais the two bees all right (laughs) all right what books and podcasts are you reading or listening to right now and how do you consume books and new information so uh again just like my uh, work style how i said sporadic yeah it's also sporadic uh reading so depending on the book i might like rifle through a book and like two or three days, or I might start reading it, you know, put it aside, start reading another book. Um, so I actually am reading two books right now. Um, the first book 
I'm looking for. Oh, it's called The Innovator's Prescription, A Disruptive Solution for Healthcare by Clayton M. Christensen. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good. It's all about um, just innovation in healthcare and like what are the disruptive business models going to be in the future. Okay. And I think it's really interesting. Um, I feel like I have sort of an entrepreneurial orientation. So I like reading books like that. I think they're kind of inspiring. And then uh, I'm reading another book called Blitz. And it's about uh, drug use by the Nazis during the uh, World War II. And I think it's um, sort of interesting that um, a lot of the German soldiers were taking uh, pervitin and it's like methamphetamine. Oh. And that was like, that's like what drove Blitzkrieg. Wow. So I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. Topic. Yeah, it's in- very interesting. So are you a big podcast listener at all or no? Yes and no. Um, I try to listen to uh, The Daily and This American Life, but sometimes The Daily is just making me depressed with that many bandage. I feel like they're just criticizing the country constantly. But um, uh, one of the podcasts I, I love is uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Mm, mm-hmm. Super cool podcast. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, and other than that, Joe Rogan podcast occasionally. Okay. And I'm going to throw in another question that we didn't talk about before, but you're a relatively recent graduate of pharmacy school. So what advice do you have for students maybe listening to this podcast who are getting ready to make their transfer in back into the real world? Uh, yeah, don't don't limit yourself. Uh, there are mo- more jobs out there than just, uh, you know, community pharmacy, hospital pharmacy and managed care. There's a ton of other things out there. Um, I'm super thankful that I was exposed to startup realm because health IT and healthcare startups are definitely a real thing. And I think PharmD uh, degree can definitely come in handy there. I've uh, proved myself worthy uh, several times at Antidote. And, you know, I've been working there for like, I think, almost three years now. So there's definitely other ways you can contribute to a team. Um, And yeah, just keep an open mind and don't limit yourself. And then last but not least, who else living would you like to hear answer these questions? Who else living, right? So currently living? Yeah. I'd like to hear about Elon Musk. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, you guys are uh, giving me, you know, low threshold people like Oprah, Brene Brown, and now Elon Musk. I'm sure I'm sure I'll have no problem getting them to answer these questions. <laughs> well, with that... Oh. If oh. you wanted somebody practical, I could think of somebody practical. No, 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 no. I don't like limitations. Okay. So with that, Dr. Jeff Brown, thank you for being part of the podcast and sharing how you are role. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Farming Your Career, How I Rx Roll. This mini-series, we'd invite you to go back and listen to episodes one and two as well as the rest of the series. Episode one features Ashley Clevens-Hayes, a pharmacist, and episode two looks at Kelly Hartman, who is a healthcare professional but outside of pharmacy practice. As well, students, if you're listening to this podcast... My day job is with ASCP, and we have open enrollment and applications right now for our 2019-2020 APPE rotation. 
If you're interested in something out of the box and a little bit different for one of your non-patient care rotations, head on over to ASCP.com A-P-P-E to learn more about our rotation and receive the application form. Applications will be taken until 12-31-18 and we will notify all winners of positions with the APPE in January of 2019. Until next time, it's Erin Albert here. I'm over at Twitter at Erin L. Albert, or you can reach out to us at Farming Careers. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Farming Your Career podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you have ideas or comments for Erin, be sure to contact her through Twitter. Follow her at Erin L. Albert. And remember to keep your career growing. Thank you.